I'm going to be continuing where I left off with the last podcast, talking about my top 50 albums from 2019. Today I'm going to be talking about 25 through 11 in a little more depth than I did with 50 through 26. So let's just get right into it. Starting at 25, I have Arizona Baby by Kevin Abstract. Although Arizona Baby lacks the conceptual grip of American Boyfriend, it amplifies the raw emotional deliveries. Tackling different subjects uh, that are pretty common with abstract like sexuality, depression, uh, and more recently his rise to fame, as well as the departure of a close friend from his group Brockhampton, Kevin Abstract puts together a pretty tight set of tracks that show his lyrical ability uh, really at its best, uh, as well as uh, mature character growth. My top three songs from this album would be Peach, Baby Boy, and the closing track, Boyer. At number 24, we have the album Caligula by Lingua Ignata. Providence-based artist Lingua Ignata is really beyond genre definition. Uh, Caligula serves as a haunting retelling of an abusive relationship as seen from the personal review of Lingua Ignata or her real name Kristen Hader. Combining elements of industrial music and classical operatic music, uh, Caligula is an incredibly haunting death industrial piece and really just feels like a punch to the gut that just keeps digging deeper. It's hard to choose standout songs from this album since they seem to exist in a seemingly endless, non-defined, cohesive state. But the songs that resonate the most would be the two songs, May Failure Be Your Noose and uh, the song Fucking Death Dealer. Coming in at number 23, uh, we have another interesting death industrial album, uh, Girl with Basket of Fruit by Shushu. Uh, again, this is another album beyond genre, really. Uh, the ever-morphing Shushu is back with an album that they describe as uh, lyrics that are taken largely from the internal effects of internal events. So these are reactions to and explorations of other people's ideas, beliefs, and images. Uh, the record is said to feature themes and references of ritual mythology, mundane and divergent belief. Uh, it's also noted to be, as they say, imbued with the agitation, tension, sorrow, and anger that has permeated the daily lives of so many over the last few years. Uh, the songs on this album are anxious and upsetting, but they elicit deep emotions from the listener. Uh, my favorite songs on this album are probably the title track, Girl with Basket of Fruit, uh, the club banger from Hell, Pumpkin Attack on Mommy and Daddy, and the song Scissors with a lot of S's in the middle. At number 22, we have the new Alex Cameron album, Miami Memory. Uh, this is a comedy album really disguised as a typical pop rock album. Uh, Alex Cameron writes smart and funny songs about different stages of masculinity and real-life love from a broken male perspective, uh, seamlessly alternating from different male personas on track to track. Cameron's witty lyrics float around in your head and quite often get stuck there. Uh, my favorite songs on this album are definitely the first three, uh, and the first three tracks together comprise probably 
one of, if not the best opening runs on any album this year. Those songs are Stepdad, Miami Memory, and Far From Born Again. At number 21, we have the album Lil Big Man by Maxo. Another just absolutely stellar addition to the Slums discography and a huge step in the right direction for Maxo following last year's underdeveloped but intriguing album Smile. A smooth and concise 30-minute listen, Lil Big Man lets Maxo vocalize about his life and his issues with it. Uh, the vocal delivery is pretty straightforward and clear, so nothing is missed or really left up for interpretation. The typical underground production is amplified to be more upbeat and catchy on this album, uh, making even the sad songs enjoyable in their own way. My favorite songs off this album are Headphones, Time, and In My Pennies. At number 20, we have the album Jamie by Brittany Howard. Opting to go solo for her new album, Brittany Howard creates a dedication album to her recently deceased sister that, despite the sad topic, is pretty funky and groovy and soulful. Uh, her simple but catchy guitar riffs really shine on this album, weaving in between happy and sad memories of her sister. Howard shows her versatility as a singer and songwriter outside of the umbrella of her group, The Alabama Shakes. As a whole, this album is a beautiful testament to the bond between siblings. Uh, my favorite three songs on this album are History Repeats, Presence, and Georgia. At 19, <laughs> at 19 <laughs> uh, this album is called The Fall of Hobo Johnson by Hobo Johnson. I've always enjoyed Hobo Johnson's music because honestly, it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air, even when uh, everyone hates on him for being self-deprecating and a little self-absorbed and maybe a little blind to what his songs sound like. Uh, this album really is Humbo Johnson coming into his own, even though he's been unapologetically himself uh, since his musical conception. And it's worthwhile listen, uh, the album is, for just the funny lyrics and the strong delivery over mixed instrumentals, instrumentals that range from aggressively upbeat, like in the song Mover Awayer, or overly simple piano melodies like in the song You and the Cockroach. The character and musical growth of Hobo Johnson from his last album to this album is, is really just insane how far he's come. My favorite songs off this album are Typical Story, Mover Awayer, and Subaru Crosstrek XV. At number 18, we have a almost completely opposite album, uh, There Existed an Addiction to Blood by Clipping. Uh, this album is a testament to David Diggs' lyrical ability. In the past, Clipping's production uh, kind of stole the show on a lot of their tracks, despite the fact that David Diggs uh, has always been a very strong lyricist. But here, the grimy, scary production uh, takes a back seat to Diggs' quick and coherent vocal performances that paint really vivid pictures of terrifying scenarios. The topics covered on this album are just wildly disturbing and make you feel gross even just listening to them, which makes it a superb horrorcore album uh, and a new age Halloween staple. My favorite songs from this album are Blood of the Fang, Run, From, Run For Your Life, and All In Your Head. <clears throat> At number 17, we have the album The Language of Injury by Ithaca. 
Mathcore Newcomers Ithaca. They really nailed it with this uh, debut full-length album. Uh, the contrast between the rolling melodic guitar riffs mixed with the industrial screaming uh, second guitar outbursts is incredibly striking, yet they mesh together perfectly. The short solo guitar interludes are welcome additions to the album as they give a listener a little bit of downtime in between aggressive song after aggressive song. The female vocals cut through the instrumentation like a hot knife and really add a punch to the already strong songs. Uh, the female vocals also add a lot to this music as that's not something typical in the genre, uh, but it, to me it makes this album a little more expressive. My three favorite songs off of The Language of Injury are Impulse Crush, The Language of Injury, and Slow Negative Order. At 16, we have the new Danny Brown album, You Know What I'm Saying. Uh, the highly anticipated follow-up album to 2016's incredible atrocity exhibition, uh, You Know What I'm Saying, is a more laid-back, yet somehow also a little more energetic showing of songs for Danny Brown. The songs here really are just a lot of fun. Goofy lyrics and intriguing production line the walls of this album as Danny Brown essentially constructs a personal mental health room where he can unwind and just be himself. The use of features on this album is also pretty cool and I would say it's maybe one of the best things about the album. All the artists featured seem to do something new to their sound as they gain entry to Danny Brown's music, uh, adapting to his style as opposed to infusing his style with their own. JPEG Mafia uses his normal raspy voice instead of his more aggressive voice that is featured on his albums, uh, and Killer Mike works with a flow that is disjointed, unlike the usual smoothness and legato of his verses on Run the Jewels projects. Overall, this is a great experimental hip-hop album that finds everyone involved comfortable in unusual territory. The top three songs on this album, Negro Spiritual, Best Life, and Three Tears. At 15, we have the album Purple Mountains by Purple Mountains. Uh, it's nearly impossible to talk about this album now without talking about the death of David Berman, uh, who died close to just three weeks after the release of this album. The first and presumed only album by the newly formed Purple Mountains is a testament to the mental and personal struggles of David Berman. The happy-sounding songs are juxtaposed with just incredibly sad themes, uh, like on the song, All My Happiness Is Gone, uh, and they're not only beautiful, but also slightly disturbing, not even slightly, just disturbing given the circumstances uh, surrounding the album. Other tracks have eerie messages such as Nights That Won't Happen and Darkness and Cold. As a poet and as a singer, David Berman really sets the bar for writing personal songs about mental health and pairing them with just beautiful instrumentals. Although it's a tough listen, this album is really worth getting around to. Uh, my favorite songs are Nights That Won't Happen, All My Happiness Is Gone, and Snow Is Falling in Manhattan. At 14, we have the debut album from British singer-songwriter Nilifer Yanya, the album Miss Universe. Uh, this album wholly lived up to its high expectation. Uh, Miss Universe is a loose, conceptual album centered around a fictional health company that is slowly taking over the world. 
Uh, yet this storyline is really only explicitly written about through the interludes in the album. Uh, I believe there are only four. The rest of the tracks just give subtle nods to this reality uh, and society that she's created, uh, while seeming to maintain a more personal narrative relating to Nilofer Yanya herself as she relates to this scenario. The fun guitar riffs are coupled with her deep, expressive voice, and the end product is a pretty engaging 53-minute long album with a lot of interesting ideas and exciting songs that all lead up to the final emotional centerpiece of a song uh, with Heavyweight Champion of the Year. My three favorite songs off of this album would be In Your Head, Paralyzed, and Melt. At 13, we have Ginger by Brockhampton. Uh, most people, uh, including myself, were expecting somewhat of a return to form for Brockhampton on this album after their emotional outburst and detour of an album with Iridescence. Instead, what we got was a much more mature, introspective, and reined-in version of what Iridescence could have been if it had been more developed and thoughtful and not so rushed. Although the lead singles, excluding Boy Bye, were pretty lackluster uh, and made me a little skeptical for the album itself, they all grew on me throughout uh, album listens. Even the song I've Been Born Again, which is honestly probably one of the weakest songs in Brockhampton's discography. But this album just proves that Brockhampton doesn't need to make aggressive experimental bangers to be enjoyable uh, and that they're just as comfortable making mainstream guitar-driven pop rap songs such as No Halo and Sugar as they are making more aggressive and grimy songs like St. Percy. Ginger feels like something of a centering for Brockhampton, almost as if they are rebuilding the foundation for their sound, uh, something that is wholly supported after all they've been through in the past couple years. Uh, but Ginger, Brockhampton is a pretty solid album, and my three favorite songs from this album would be Boy Bye, St. Percy, and Ginger. At number 12, we have All Mirrors by Angel Olsen. Throughout All Mirrors, Angel Olsen puts her own folk-like singer-songwriter twist on the typical breakup album. Uh, it focuses more on closure than it does on lost love. This album is in, it's incredibly self-aware, and it's very engaging. Uh, the best part of All Mirrors is the fact that Olsen experiments with her sound, which is something she doesn't normally do as she usually pretty rigidly sticks to her synth-infused folk rock. Uh, this time, however, she opts for a string section throughout the album uh, and uses the strings to do what the guitar and synth did before, which allows the songs to be a little more haunting and a little more beautiful. It's really just as emotional as Lingua Ignata's Caligula, but it doesn't drag you to hell and back to elicit that emotion. Despite taking steps in a lot of new directions, this album feels the most familiar of her albums, and it seems like this is the sound that she's been working for uh, this whole time, uh, that this is really truly what Angel Olsen is sonically. It's almost like the album knows you and panders uniquely to the specific listener, uh, wrapping you up in the story that Olsen has to tell. My favorite songs on this album are Lark, New Love Cassette, and Spring. And coming in at number 11, the last album before we get into my top 10, is at number 11, Brutalism by The Drums. 
Brutalism is quite simply just a fun beach rock album, and honestly, that's really all there is to it. It's everything a good beach rock album should be. It's happy, it's upbeat, it's fun, it's engaging, and it's simple. Brutalism is 100% the drum's most consistent work. All the songs have the same in-your-face vocals and repetitive drumming, uh, coupled with simple synthesized backing for the fun up-and-down guitar riffs. The somewhat dark and wispy vocals blend like a chameleon to their surrounding instrumentals, and they just cut through with lyrics about love and longing and companionship, often reining it in for the choruses, which all feel like when you finally get the USB to plug into the charger port after trying so hard to get it to fit. If I had to describe this album in three words, it would be pure, simple fun. The top three songs from this album are Body Chemistry, 626 Bedford Avenue, and the closing track, Blip of Joy, which is one of the best closing songs of the year and one of the happiest songs I have ever heard. Uh, that is it for my album list for 2019 from 25 to 11. I'm just going to run through them again in order, starting at 25 and ending at 11. 25, Arizona Baby, Kevin Abstract, Caligula, Lingua Ignata, Girl with Basket of Fruit, Shushu, Miami Memory, Alex Cameron, Lil Big Man, Maxo, Jamie, Brittany Howard, The Fall of Hobo Johnson, Hobo Johnson, There Existed an Addiction to Blood, Clipping, The Language of Injury, Ithaca, You Know What I'm Saying, Danny Brown, Purple Mountains, Purple Mountains, Miss Universe, Nilifer Yanya, Ginger Brockhampton, All Mirrors, Angel Olsen, and at 11, Brutalism, The Drums. So that is it for 25 to 11, and I will be back soon with my top 10 albums of 2019.